0: Welcome, dear listeners, to our latest podcast where we have a very interesting conversation with a Kenyan entrepreneur who is using Insects to bring real change to the world. My name is Solomon Irongo, a communication manager working with IDH in Kenya. Let's engage. Well, I visited InsectiPro, a company based in the central part of Kenya at the periphery of the capital that is in Nairobi City. The founder is a real change maker who is going to inspire you through this conversation. Talash, welcome to this channel and it is a great pleasure to meet you. Kindly tell us your name and the role that you play at the company and what basically the company does.
1: Uh, My name is Talash Hybus, and I'm the CEO and founder of InsectiPro. And in a nutshell, we grow insects. Uh, We grow the black soldier fly to replace soy and fish meal in animal feed as a more local, accessible, available alternative for the protein component and we grow crickets for human nutrition.
0: Wow, this is very intriguing. Using insects to bring transformative change to the world? You make agriculture sound so cool, but tell us why insects and why not any other living thing? Is this your background or how did you get to learn about uh, the insects and the whole business?
1: Uh, we, when we started in 2018, my degree is in agriculture because I believe everybody needs to eat at the end of the day. And when we're looking at what can we grow that makes sense both commercially but also environmentally, we thought about meat and then we thought about white meat and then we thought about fish because chicken are stinky, fish are not. But when we're doing the costing of fish, we realized that even though we have cheap labor, cheap land, good water quality, good climate... We still cannot grow fish as cost effectively as China or our European counterparts. Why? Because of animal feed. Animal feed in our region makes up sixty to seventy percent of the cost of production, while in Europe it's 30 to 50%. So in some cases, double, almost triple the cost. And the most expensive component of animal feed is a protein. In Kenya we use a lot of fish fuel. Soy, sunflower seed cake, and cotton seed cake. Actually, I found out something very scary yesterday. I was with a few people of Unga, and they told me if Tanzania woke up today and said no more cotton seed cake to Kenya, the price of dairy meal would rise 42% in the same day, which yeah. is madness. Uh-huh. 50% more. So, if a bag is already 5,000 shillings, it would be 7,500 shillings, and farming is already not affordable in this region. So we thought, why would we grow protein at the end of the chain when there's a bigger problem of protein in this middle chain? How are we going to close this gap? We looked at things such as duckweed, at spirulina, at algae, but the thing that made the most sense was insects. I went to a very progressive university in the Netherlands, so I had a bit of experience with insects already. The first insect we looked at was crickets, but crickets locally are sold for 2,000 shillings a kilo, so it's not something you're going to put into animal feed. But according to the school of Google and YouTube, when you type in what is the best insect for animal feed, the black soldier fly comes up and you find yourself waking up at 5 a.m. in the morning feeling stressed. Why is nobody doing this? It makes so much sense. The black soldier fly is a very interesting insect because it eats waste. So we are also a garbage collection facility. Our black soldier fly colony consumes 30 metric tons of organic waste every single day. This is not even a dent in what Nairobi produces. Nairobi produces 3,000 metric tons of waste a day, so we collect less than 10. We collect 1% of what Nairobi produces, Mm -hmm. but we're able to take this waste, mango peels, orange peels, feed it to our insects, and then our insects become the protein component for feed.
0: Talash, I'm curious to learn about your motivation. What drives you? and white alash.
1: White alash, if not alash, who else? We have to be the change that we want to see. If everybody's too afraid to do it, then we are never going to see visible, tangible change in our country.
0: And what exactly makes you stand out and maybe what will be your message to those who would like to take a a path that is close to the one that you've taken?
1: When you find me on the farm, you don't find me there with a djembe. You find me there with my phone, trying to control things using technology, you find us there with scientists, you find us there with farming is no longer just me standing in the field with a djembe. It's all these other elements coming together. Farming is the basis of everything. If we if we can make farming sustainable, not just in terms of environmental impact, but also in terms of profitability for farmers, it will be an industry that becomes attractive again and we need it to be attractive because we need to eat at the end of the day. If nobody wants to farm, where is our food going to come from?
0: There is a saying that uh, asking for help is the most courageous thing to do. And uh, I believe in this saying. And also this, they talk of uh, toil, tolerance and teamwork. Three uh, T's. Did you ever ask for help at any point uh, of the way? And how has it been like?
1: Ah yes, us, we have no idea what we're doing. We say we're very good at growing insects. We're not very good at much else. So for example, we wouldn't formulate animal feed. We do everything in, with partnerships. Our animal feed is formulated by feed millers, our waste is brought in by waste logistic companies. Us, we're just very good at growing insects. Even in the field of growing insects, we're not very good at growing insects. We don't do anything by ourselves because we're not very good at our jobs, but we're very good at our jobs.
0: I know challenges occasionally come in and maybe are there any challenges that you have faced along the way? And what mitigation strategies
1: have you taken? Uh, information sharing we think we're the only company that's open out there There a lot of companies but I also understand the industry is young you know it's maybe maximum 10 years old that people have really looked at producing insects at a commercial scale and everybody's still trying to figure it out and when you are trying to figure it out you're very secretive because you're like if this is a secret sauce that's where you're going to make your money So it is a very, very secretive industry. Even here in Kenya, nobody wants to share any information. Nobody wants to say when they're doing bad, they're doing well. We're, I think, one of the few companies with an open-door policy because you'll never know what you're going to learn. For example, our cages have orange pieces of cloth in there because one of our visitors was wearing orange and all the loose flies went to sit on her. So learning by accident is also a very big thing we have at InsectiPro.
0: Talash, tell us, why you see business as one of the most effective ways to bring about change?
1: Because at the end of the day, it's about money. Money makes, as much as nobody wants to admit it, money makes the world go round. And if you're a business and, like I said, sustainability is not just about the environment, it's also about the economics. If you can be sustainable in your business line, that means your business will be there for long. If your business only makes sense for six months and then it's no longer profitable, it will disappear.
0: In the same breath, while we are still at it, are there some limitations to a market-driven approach that you would like to talk
1: about? Of course, because then the bottom line becomes more concerning than the environmental, the people impact. But there's, you, we are we are modern. There are ways to balance everything without greenwashing like some bigger companies.
0: I know you are at the heart of... Uh, innovation and impact uh, that is in the core of your business but what is that one innovative approach that you are taking in your business that you would like to talk about
1: i think believing people can be open-minded if i feed you a cricket you have to say yes just one we believe everything is just one like the actual one step at a time works really well for us and that we're always experimenting and we're not afraid of change Today we can be feeding our insects apples and then tomorrow we discover bananas are better. We can transition to bananas, no big deal.
0: Is there something that you think deserves to be shared more broadly, for example with other sectors within different agricultural value chains, in order to create change at scale?
1: We think learning from each sector, for example some of our machines came from tea, our other machines came from aquaculture, so we've taken learnings across the board and brought it into insects. I think that's how other sectors can prosper as well. If you're planting tea, but the people who farm flowers can plant better, why not learn from them? So you think cross-cutting learning and innovation is needed to move agriculture forward.
0: Uh, maybe you can tell us about your key collaborators in this journey as InsectiPro. Are there any challenges you faced when collaborating with them? And maybe, maybe any strategies around that?
1: So every language you don't speak, you have to go and find somebody who speaks that language. That also makes working with other people easier. If you can't talk to me, I can find somebody who can come and talk to you. Yeah. Also, in general, I'm a woman. My life was never going to be easy. Anything to do with them. I mean, we've been to county meetings where they've... My favorite example is we met the head of a very big aquaculture association. And he told me... Um, he was like, oh, you are you? I'm, like, I'm Talash, the CEO and founder. And he looked at my male colleague and he said, Allah? See, we we return to my face. See, she should return to the kitchen. Yeah, there's still a lot of discrimination as a woman, especially agriculture, still based industry, blah, blah, blah. So you just go and find, I can't, then I can never talk to that man because he'll never see me as an equal or somebody who can talk to him. He thinks I'm just there to serve tea. So I have to find somebody who can speak to him to make that project work, if that makes sense.
0: It is very inspiring to listen to you and hopefully this can go on and on and on and I know many people will be interested in listening in. Maybe say something to women who are listening to you and indicate whether this journey has been easy. Maybe also tell us one of your lowest moments and how as a young and bold woman you've been able to face some of these difficult challenges.
1: It is very difficult. I'm not going to lie here. It's hard. Blood, sweat, and very, very, very many tears. Especially, I think that women are harsher on other women. Uh, it's my favorite example. We went to a certain government ministry to ask them for a certain certification. And the woman blocking my blessings, she hey, shouted me for two hours. You'd, you'd think a woman would be nicer to a woman because she understands the struggle. i get my that always rude. I left that office in tears. I'm never going to forget. I was sitting in traffic crying my eyes out. And the guy selling bananas, he was like, he gave me a free banana and he's like, Life is not that hard. Don't <laughs> stop crying now. Yeah. I think women are harder on other women in general. But it's just if you set your mind if you set your mind to it there's nothing that can stop you. Just you believe me, I believe that I'm the best. And that's why we are successful. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. so if you set your, your mind at the goal, there are challenges along the way. But uh, if you're able to But work, also remember, I yeah.
1: can't speak to men who don't respect me as their equal. Mm. So I'm not going to enter that conversation. I'd rather send somebody who they feel that they can speak to cuz I've tried to tell you apples and you can't hear what I'm saying because you're like she's I'm not just a woman I'm 26 years old I'm young mm. like oh that's a young woman but when it's coming from my colleague's mouth who is a male he's a bit older than us then they're like they can hear oh she's trying to say they are sending the message of apples yeah yeah so don't don't be offended when people don't like don't don't be offended life is too short to be offended every single day
0: You spoke about collaborations a little bit earlier Tell us about your relationship with IDH, the Sustainable Trade Initiative, and if there is anything unique about that relationship.
1: Very good relationship with IDH. I feel like we speak the same language. We're here to support farmers in any way that we can. We had a very we had a farmer program last year where we tried to, it was the, we were their first investment into insects and they were our first grants. So it was new for everybody, so we learned a lot from. You know, grant management skills and all those things, and I think they learned a lot about insects. It was very interesting. We worked together with a lot of farmers directly, but also did a lot of farmer field schools. So if I remember correctly, it was 600-plus farmers that we trained, that, uh, and then we worked with a lot directly. We taught the farmers how to grow BSF on farm to feed directly to their animals, And it was, I really, I really like IDH. I think they do a good job, especially because they have moving away from aid into trade. And like I said, if it's not sustainable in the long, the problem with aid is when the aid goes away, the project ends. When it's business, when the grant stops, then the project should have been successful enough to sustain itself. So very good relationship with IDH, same goals. So makes it very easy to work with people who believe in the same things that you believe in.
0: It is because of you that we ate insects in the office. (laughs) Yeah, I don't
1: know, are you blaming me or...? (laughs) No,
0: it's a compliment actually. When we were speaking earlier, Talashu mentioned that uh, people ought to be the change that they want to see. And if any change has to come about, then it has to begin at a personal level. Then uh, one should not expect any change to happen if it doesn't begin at a personal level, which I found very interesting because uh, people often get to see the world in black and white. But one of the things that has really inspired me about you, Talash, is seeing is you seeing it in color. Can you maybe tell us more about this and inspire someone?
1: Maybe color, maybe it's gray. <laughs> but you know, you're allowed to have bad days where the world is black or you're allowed to have bad days where the world is But You know, it doesn't matter. Everybody has a bad day, but don't let that affect your overall Joy and happiness, like we said, it's like we kind of operate like a cult, everybody really believes in what we're doing, so we can't, we can never be told that we're wrong. So, I don't, I don't, I guess, I don't see the world in color, maybe just different variations of one color, yeah. But I really believe in what we're doing, I believe in especially the support that IDH gave, they were the first ones to also believe in what I was doing, so you know, that's really a big push. IDH is not a small organization. I think just, yeah, building on what we've already built on and just getting bigger and better at our jobs.
0: You've heard it from Talash herself, very insightful and uh, always inviting entrepreneurs to put people, planet, as well as progress, or what in her terms she terms as profits, at the heart of trade. You ought to be open-minded and should not be afraid of experimenting new ideas, that is, according to Talash. And she admits that it is not always going to be a simple and smooth journey. But she also assures you that while it may not seem to be easy at the beginning, the end goal will be worth every effort. That's it from our end and see you in the next episode. Goodbye.